Morning, everybody. Morning. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I feel like um, just, uh, well, let me just say, um, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, Jared, we have a hard time waiting, don't we? Uh, I shouldn't say, I mean, we, I don't mean you. I mean, we like Americans. Uh, I would include me uh, in we, but maybe you're not part of we. But those of us that have a hard time waiting, Advent is an interesting time where we specifically pay attention to waiting. I was, I was at uh, Meyer Thrifty Acres. Do they even call it that anymore? <laughs> Uh, I thought I would go to Meyer Thrifty Acres the day. Uh, Claire and I kind of shop uh, as required, which sometimes uh, isn't real often, and uh, whoever gets the short stick goes. And uh, it's kind of therapeutic, actually, for me, so um, I'll go. And so I thought, you know, but I'm strategic. Uh, Claire and I generally uh, try to take our... Uh, day off on Monday. So Monday, uh, for those of you that are looking for less crowded, Mondays are good at Meyer Thrifty Acres. <laughs> anyway, I don't shop on Monday. It's true. So I was going to go before Thanksgiving when it wasn't crowded. Um, so I think it was Wednesday night. Uh, I decided at like six o'clock to go because I figured it wouldn't be real crowded. <laughs> that was stupid. Anyway, um, it was funny. I was, uh, you ever been, or maybe it was Tuesday. I don't know. The days kind of run together. We're all busy, aren't we? We're all busy. And so when you don't want to wait and you're busy, that's, you know, or when you're busy and you have to wait, that's even worse. So, um, and the reading material just isn't very good at the end caps there, I noticed. Anyway, I'm waiting in line and I thought I was in line because it was kind of this mosh pit of people with turkeys. And I, um, was, I was just standing there and I thought I was like, you know, you're next in line at Meyer Thrifty Acre kind of thing. And in came this caravan of, it was, it was funny. It was like carts. They had carts. They had the motorized carts. They, it was like literally a caravan. And it wasn't the kind of... It, I, the folks didn't need the carts, you understand? So I, I, have, I would have given space to those that have carts. And I thought, you know what, Jesus, I know that you're in the middle of that caravan. I know this is the caravan that was traveling, you know, out of Bethlehem to try to escape. And there's like a caravan. And anyway, they, they were ignoring me. And they knew I was there. And I thought... Praise Jesus. This is an opportunity for me to wait well. And I looked over and finally caught their eye, and I said, um, are, are you in line? And I had been in line for a while. And uh, they said, well, we're not in line. We were just kind of going by, which they were, they were in line. They were cutting me off like a NASCAR thing. And... Um, Anyway, fortunately in that situation, I'm probably blowing the points I got with God that day by telling the story right now. I really didn't have a bad attitude about it. I thought, you know what, this is a formation moment. You have those formation moments of waiting. Advent is full of that. So anyway, I let the NASCAR group go in and uh, away they went. There literally were like three giant baskets of mostly Pepsi, and um, away they went. 
But Advent is full of those moments, um, and it's really about waiting. It's we're waiting for the coming of Christ. But it's interesting when we talk about waiting for the coming of Christ is um, Jesus is always coming in our life, isn't he? But then there's these intentional spots where we're asked to, to wait, to intentionally wait for, for Jesus to arrive. So entering into Advent, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about the light at the end of the tunnel. As we enter into Advent, one of the things, and Claire mentioned this, that it's important to pay attention to is, first of all, the promise that Jesus already came in a manger, but the, there is this promise of return. There is this hope that we have that Jesus returns again. Uh, and there is this culmination of history as we know it. We don't fully understand or grasp all of that, but there is this return. Um, so Advent really becomes about paying attention to my ability to wait, which quite frankly uh, is hard at times. And I think it's hard for all of us because we're in a culture where we do everything we can do to not wait. I think it's one of the reasons why things like Amazon, it's like taken off because we don't want to be in line, right? It's one of the reasons. And it's understandable. I mean, I don't think you should just intentionally sit in line somewhere. I'm talking about waiting for the presence of Christ. So Advent is about our ability to wait and maybe more importantly, how well we wait. Ortberg says it this way. He says, Advent, uh, what God does in us while we wait is as important as what we're waiting for. Because we're waiting for Jesus to come, and Jesus comes in our waiting. He forms us. He transforms us. He changes us in our waiting. In Hebrews 10, 11 through 25, so we're going to wait. We're just going to challenge one another and encourage one another to wait well uh, in these next few weeks and be very mindful of it. In, in Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19, it says, therefore, my friends, anytime the scripture says therefore, it's responding to what it says before. So essentially what's happening before this in Hebrews 10 is um, the writer of Hebrews is telling us about Jesus' sacrifice, that he came as a sacrifice for our sin, that once and for all, our sin was dealt with by Jesus going to a cross. So he deals with it. So therefore, the writer says, my friends, since we have confidence, everyone say confidence, to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. Everyone say faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting meeting together as be, has become the habit of some, but encouraging one, one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Amen? This is how you wait. This 
is textbook waiting scripture. So the, the second coming is kind of like we as, as people, we as, we as believers, those of us that are Christ followers, it's kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. At some point, we're going to meet up. Our train track is going to meet up with that light. So there's four things that we see in this scripture that I want to bring out this morning. Can we see that? To follow the track of his coming. The first, of, the first thing is there is a promise. There is a promise which gives us full assurance. There is, a, there is power, the scripture tells us. We receive power as we wait in holding fast to the promise that we've been given. And there is a partnership. The scripture talks to us as we wait that we should be waiting, being mindful of how important things like this are meeting together with one another, that there is something profound that is happening as we partner with one another. The scripture literally says to provoke one another. That's why I was laughing because I was wondering how much I wanted to provoke you today. Actually, I literally was thinking, how provoking should I be? Anyway, and then persevere even more, all the more as we see the day approaching. So we travel these tracks. There is this track. It's the track. The first thing the scripture tells us is there is a promise. The scripture tells us clearly that we have a full assurance of presence. In our waiting for Christ, we have a full assurance of presence. Um, I want you to take a minute and think. When you think about the promises of scripture, what promise do you think shows up the most in scripture? Just think about that for a moment. If you want, whisper it to the person next to you if you think you got a good hunch of what the most prominent promise of Scripture is. The most prominent promise of Scripture is not, I'll give you a couple things that it isn't. The most prominent promise of Scripture is not, I will forgive you. Although that's a prominent promise of Scripture, but not the most prominent promise of Scripture. Great promise, important promise, not not the one that shows up the most. When the scripture talks about promises and full assurance, the one that shows up the most is not about life after death. That's a promise that shows up in scripture. That's an important promise. It's a very important promise. But the most important promise, and I think the promise that we adhere to and pay most attention to and and grasp and hold on to the most in seasons of waiting is I will be with you. I will be with you. It is the promise of Christ's presence in our life. I will be with you. you. You, no matter what is going on in your life, I am with you. I will be with you. You can count on me never leaving you, never forsaking you. I'm always with you. Last night, uh, we got home. Claire and I were up in Lansing uh, doing some teaching at a church, and we got home and um, doing some different things around the house. And uh, Ian was there uh, with his girls, and Sarah and the boys were there, our, so our all of our grandchildren except for Ford. Anyway, uh, Ian and the girls went into our room um, because we don't have a TV like out in the general area. I've told you guys before, our house, we're not Buffalo Wild Wings, but we do have a couple of TVs. Anyway, um, so uh, they were in there watching Charlie Brown Christmas, 
what a classic, right? So they're watching Charlie Brown Christmas, enjoying themselves. The, the show ends, and uh, Ian, so the three of them, it was kind of like really cool. They're sitting there. We've got this little, uh, what do you call that? It's like a couch, small couch, uh, futon, um, sitting in the room. So they're sitting on that, kind of laying on it because it was actually folded down. And... Um, Anyway, so the show gets over, and Adriana needed something, so she and Ian walk out of the room, and there's Kirsten, and I walked in, and uh, Ian had been laying on the futon. They all three of them were laying on the futon. Well, when they got up, I walked in, and Kirsten's just like, they're kind of sad. And I, I said, honey, what's wrong? And she said, come here, bumpa. And she, like, grabbed me. And she literally, she's two, she's literally like put me in this position, like exactly where her dad was. She says, you, you stay right there. And I'm like, okay, cool. And she starts jumping. And she's jumping and she gets this big smile on her face. And she says, just watch me jump. And I got to tell you. For some of you, this is just a stupid, sappy story, but for me, it was one of those moments, even beyond being a grandfather, where I thought, God, please, just pay attention to our jumping. As nonsensical at times as, or unimportant as what's going on in our life may seem in the whole scheme of things, thank you for seeing us. Thank you for being present. All she wanted was somebody to watch, to see. You are not alone. I am not alone in the waiting. It's really amazing, isn't it? It's so hard for us to grasp that we're waiting for Jesus to come, and at the same time, Jesus is already here. Jesus is with you in the waiting for himself. I mean, that is just, that's bigger than our minds can wrap around, right? It's the promise of presence. No matter what you walked in here with, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how important you think your life is, or how how overwhelmed you might be by life, you can understand this, that Jesus, his face is turned toward you. There's the promise of power. The scripture says to hold fast with confidence. One version says to hold fast with confident expectation. Hold fast. In other words, you can count on the power of God in your life. To me, it's this, when, when the scripture starts to talk about waiting but resting on the power of God, I love this because I think of, I think of this, uh, you know, we're all waiting for kind of the same thing, but how, it, how the details of that manifest in our lives and how the power of God is released in our lives is so unique, isn't it? It's like we have a similar pursuit, but it's distinct at the same time. We're all waiting on the same Jesus but God releases his power in different ways in our lives. You remember in the Old Testament, you remember when 
Uh, Joshua, for those of you that might be familiar with this, there's this part where Joshua takes over. The scripture says Moses is dead. Joshua is, is like his protege. He's mentored by Moses. And then God begins to speak to Joshua and he tells him, now Moses is dead, Joshua. And he says, I will be with you. I will be present, right? I will be with you like I was with Moses. So you think when you read that, it's like, well, then that means Joshua just kind of is going to live the same narrative as Moses lived. They were both in pursuit of the promise. But then you start to think about the stories and how unique they are. They are both heading in the same place. They're both looking for the same thing, that promised land. But it manifests so differently, doesn't it? Moses, he comes to the Red Sea. He has a rod in his hand. He just holds it up. Wouldn't it be cool to be Moses for a day? Like in certain situations, right? Hold this rod in the air. Just wait. The wind blowing your hair back and people are griping and complaining behind. Just watch what happens. And you hold it and all of a sudden the water just goes because God shows up in power in our lives. And I will be with you, Joshua, like I was with Moses. So Joshua, of course, if you're Joshua, you've got to think he comes to the Jordan River and the river's got a part for him to cross. And of course, you just hold something up, let the wind blow in your hair and everybody crosses. And all of a sudden, he's probably even thinking, you guys just watch, just watch. I'm just going to hold something up and all of a sudden the water will, will part and we'll all go through. And no, nothing. You know, not going to happen. And then he, he realizes that we have to start stepping in the water. Now, hold on, it's going to happen. Trust me in this. And everybody's probably getting more doubtful as the steps are starting to happen. They go, the scripture says, knee deep, and the water begins to part. I will be with you like I'll be with Moses. God will be with you like he was with Moses in power. God will be with you like he's been with all of us at different times in power. It'll be like that, but it won't be exactly like that. Every one of us came in here with a different life, a different need, different things that we are engaged in. Our lives are different. Our careers look different. Our educational processes look different. And the power needed to be released in our life does not need to be the same thing that happened with the last guy. Think about the way Jesus healed people spits in the, in the, on the dirt and rubs mud in somebody's eyes. Another time he just speaks it forth. Another time he preaches a message. Another time he tells these lepers, he says, you guys just go over to the priest. You'll get healed on the way while you're walking. There's people in the Bible that other people like lay on them. There's people that blow on people. Resurrections are happening in scripture. They're happening different the truth is we all need the power of God. That's what we all know as we wait for God. We simply need the power of God in our lives. We all need something phenomenal to happen in our lives. But we don't need to box God in in any way. This morning, some of us came in, we need to be healed physically, mentally, emotionally. We need relational healing. Some of us walked in. We need the provision of God. One time God pulls, Jesus pulls a coin out of a fish's mouth one time. Another time he takes a kid's uh, happy meal and feeds thousands of people. 
Another time, people get a huge tax refund from a guy named Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus' life turns upside down, and he's a tax collector, so he gives this huge refund. Some of us walked in here today, and we just need God to restore something in us. Maybe it's even our faith. And maybe that's you. It's certainly me. God in our waiting shows up in power. You can hold fast to that with confidence, even this morning. And even this morning, if that's you, why don't we just kind of bow our heads, if that's you, and you would just say, I need to be met with the power of God on this day, some way, whatever it might be. I need God to be with me like he was with Moses. And I want to open myself up to the power of God. So as you're there, if you would say this morning, I just would love for God's power to be released in my life. Right where you're sitting, just, just as an acknowledgement to God, just raise your hand in the air. Just raise a hand. You know what it is that you need You know what the circumstances, it might even be you need the power of God, not just for your life, maybe for a friend that you really have a deep burden for. So God, oh God, we wait on you. We wait and hold fast with a full assurance of your power in our lives, our friends' lives. Like you were with Moses, oh God. We open ourselves up to your power right now. We open ourselves up to a move of your spirit, to the promise of your power. And even as you have your hand up, you can, you can just open yourself to God. And those of you that don't have your hand up, I get it. But let's come into agreement around the power of God. What a a way to celebrate that I don't necessarily need the power of God released in my life today, but I need it for my friends that are all around me with their hands up. So God, we go to your word. Even with hands raised and hearts open, and we ask for your power. Bless the Lord, the scripture says in Psalm 103, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. We bless you, O God. We wait on you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and we forget none of your benefits. You forgive us, O anointed one of all of our iniquities. You heal all of our diseases. You share your power with us and redeem our life from the pit and you crown us with steadfast love and mercy. You satisfy us, God, with good things as long as we live. And in our youth, it will be renewed. Our youth will be renewed like an eagle. And listen, the Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed 
here it is. He made, way, he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of Israel. God is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. So if you could just kind of, you might have to scoot over a little bit for this. Take the hand of the person next to you. Let's just, let's just come into agreement for one another for healing, for restoration, for miracles, for empowerment. God, your, your word says, like you were with Moses, so you are with Joshua, and so you are with us. You've made known your ways to Moses, and we pray, God, that we would know your ways in this season, that we would wait on you. We, we take hands with people on either side of us or around us, and we bless them. We intercede for them. We pray for your power to be released in our midst, oh God. We pray for our friends. Pray for our friends that are not well physically, God. We pray for your anointing. Release your power. You are such a good father. We pray for our friends, God, that are having a tough way, maybe relationally, and they, they're trying to figure things out, and it's just been a tough season or maybe a really long time. Pray for our friends that in this season have gone through loss. And God, we just, we wait on your power in our lives. We receive your provision miraculously. We don't even pretend to know how you may be up to surprising us, but we wait on it. God, thank you for cleansing us of our sins. We wait on you, God. We step into the water today, God. receive your provision. We receive your restoration, oh God. We receive your healing power, oh Jesus. especially as we hold hands for all of our students. They carry so much, our young people, so many responsibilities, God, so many things that are put on them, refresh them, our children upstairs, bless them.
So we enter into this period of Advent, waiting, listening, celebrating the goodness of testimony that will come forth, God, in this season. We're going to do this waiting together, Lord. We'll pay attention to your word that tells us to not forsake gathering together. And we're going to finish this race, Jesus. We're going to persevere till the end of the waiting. When the waiting is over, when the story is closed, you say it's time for the waiting to be over, then we'll know it's over. So God, I bless my friends. Pray that they would carry your presence powerfully into this week. Let them know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are with them. Let us remind one another of that. God, we can think of no better way to enter into our waiting than to entering, entering it in with full knowledge that you are present with us. And it is in the amazing powerful name of the one that is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the parter of seas, the healer of cancers, the restorer of relationships, and the one that breathes hope presence, oh God. Be with us in power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Let's go have a great week.